time for the fabulous discourse of lasers it is laser discourse welcome back hi nick hey charlie how we doing we are moving fast oh baby i love that (laughs) this episode is about the great train robbery the great train robbery that silent film uh back from 1912 where the guy shoots the gun directly at the screen very famous movie you know that was pre-laserdisc uh (laughs) it it might exist somewhere but no we're talking about the 1978 michael crichton written and directed great train robbery yes that one starring uh none other than mr bond himself sean connery james bond in the flesh sean uh-huh. connery uh at his most debonair oh my god right he is a connery man in this it, he's full connery he's yes. gone full connery oh man they told you they told him not to do it he just, said i'm going full connery can you be sean connery for this role can you just be you uh i think he yeah he nails, he nails it. it uh and then his co-star donald sutherland wow at the height of his powers, he was I think. great in this too. And, and in late seventies, Donald Sutherland, he's got the mutton chops. He's he's this beanpole character in a top hat because uh, this movie takes place in eighteen fifty five in England, in England, Victoria era England. This is probably our first uh, like historical period piece right. movie, right? Yeah. So yeah. far, everything's been uh, up to date. This is where we're now. We're going back kind in of. time. Yeah. Well, for the, yeah, for the release, right? Uh, but yeah, this movie is. Uh, you were telling me based on a real story. Apparently, uh, according to Wikipedia, it is based on a real, you know, uh, a caper in 1855. A caper. Where uh, yeah, somebody, we're gonna try to use all the lingo here. Somebody <laughs> tried to rob the British army of their gold in you know that they were going to pay soldiers with uh, during this war, uh, and uh, you know the the plot of this movie is they're trying to rob a moving train which has never been done before no and this, this is, is the first. most secure i mean the opening scene is them telling you how impossible this caper is which yeah. I, I think is a great opening scene and it, i just wish it was you know more italian job than mm. uh siesta mm-hmm. time yes i love a good heist movie uh from yeah italian job is a classic one uh, michael mann's thief one of my favorite movies. Um, all those Ocean Eleven movies, as kind of corny as they love are, it. the old ones and the new ones. Uh, I love a complicated heist yes. where you've got to figure all this stuff out. And yeah, this movie opens. Thomas Crown Affair. Oh yeah, this the movie original is my one of my favorites. Uh, I've got that on Laserdisc. We we'll watch to. it at some point. I gave yeah. that to you. On oh yeah, there that you was go. mine. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. I appreciate the disc. It's the appreciation uh, circle of it's, lasers. <laughs> yeah, this was this is a classic heist movie in the sense that there's four keys. They've got to get four keys. They've got to get on this moving train. They got to get the gold off the train without anyone noticing. An impossible task, you say? I say nay. Not for Sean Connery. Uh yeah, who's great. Um but uh yeah, this movie it, it uh kind of takes a while to get going. Uh, uh just a little while. Like we, it, it like a train, a train does. <laughs> it starts on a train in an unrelated incident. And then we don't see a train for like another hour. Yeah. And not one train. 
<laughs> and then when we do see a train, it's like 20 minutes before they get on the train. A lot of horses and carriages, a lot of guys checking their uh, their pocket watches, but very few trains for, for the first half of this movie. A lot of pocket watches, yeah. a lot of costume changes. The fashion, I a think. A lot is, of hats. Yeah. If you don't know, uh, in the 1850s, everyone had to wear a stovetop uh, all the men, all the men, hat. not the women. Well, they wore hats, but not as but yeah, okay. uniform. All the men, you had to be in like a double-breasted suit. There were like 18 pieces of clothes you had to put on every single day. It seems like a nightmare, like a living hell. I w- I'm sure it was nothing <laughs> compared to what the women had to go through with the corsets oh, and the absolutely. binding. And like, you know, that's a ridiculous too. So just the moral of Victorian fashion is too much. It's it a is. little over the top. It I is. Think I prefer, you know, a good uh, athleisure wear. Mm. You know, give me a, give me some bottoms that fit to my bottoms, Ooh. and give me a top that you know <laughs> leaves a little, but not too much, to the imagination. And I'm good. I don't need a hat. I don't right. need a vest. I don't need a waistcoat. I don't need a. I used to wear a pocket watch. Of course, but I don't need it. <laughs> no one needs a pocket watch. No shirt, no shoes, no problem. I mean, you know what I mean. This was an era when you, I guess, you did need a pocket watch. You didn't have your Apple Watch. You didn't have. Uh, <laughs> it was just an apple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much have I eaten of this apple today? Oh, it's about three o'clock. Yeah, I want to do That's a little bit. Uh, I want to do a little behind uh, the back of the disc reading because I think yeah. it really it really kind of sums up what we're talking about here. Uh, Michael Crichton wrote a novel, The Great Train Robbery. Then wrote the uh, screenplay for this and directed it. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, the back of the the back of the the uh, disc is telling you that he relied heavily on an accurate recreation of Victorian England. Production designer Maurice Carter, costume creator Anthony Mendelssohn, lovingly recall that more staid, more formal, yet more glamorous age. Uh, everything's very lush in this. Uh, I there's like I, there's. Like you said, not only are there layers and layers of costumes, but they are massive jackets, tall stovepipe hats on the men. Um, they are like tuxedo type collars that are just seem to be choking the life the out of shawls you. Shawls on this guy. Hey, oh, this so guy's big. got a pair of shawls over here. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a lot of people in this, a lot of extras, and everybody lot. had to be period dress you know so that's a that's a lot of you costumes. didn't see that guy in the blue jeans in the background no <laughs> no. no i missed that i must have missed the starbucks cup on yeah, the side he, too no. yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah uh no mo, not a lot very of, impressive uh, uh oopsies in this it was very uh consistent but i felt like what i saw didn't feel like victorian era fashion it, i mean the the sure the designs the maybe even uh you know the layering felt accurate but it was some flamboyant coloring like bright purple yes a lot of like you know contrasting colors that i'm not used to seeing in period pieces so i i would like to know if my experience of watching victorian era movies and you know just knowledge of history at that time is inaccurate or if they were portraying a subset of society that dressed extra flamboyantly, I think there were. I think the, there's probably a little of both. I think um, it is Michael Crichton. Well, it is Michael Crichton, Mister Jurassic it, Park himself. A, yeah, this is a guy who's who is uh, he takes pride in in having accuracy in his scientific fiction yeah, and Dino DNA. Di- we all know it's real. Presto, absolutely dino happened. DNA. Well. 
talk about uh, you know his other scientifically accurate novels like uh, Congo with Sphere. the Talking Apes, Sphere, The Andromeda Strain. Uh, yeah, percent. So you know that he's going to take extra precautions to get it right. I think just enough to make most people believe that. Uh, that sure, that's fine. And I mean, and also we're talking about kind of a fantasy movie. There's there's a bit of not fantasy, but there's a bit of a escapist kind. Of, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a it's, movie. It's uh, they're pumping it up for the big screen here. They're, right. It's a spectacle, right? Yes. Uh, so there's that to it. But I don't know. I'd be surprised. If they didn't dress even a little bit more fancier, um, we're talking we're talking like first class people here. We're not following the the urchins and uh, the this common is a man. Dickens, right, we we're are not talking watching a Dickens uh, right movie here. We're talking about we're talking about high society. Yes. So I couldn't imagine it even being a little bit more frufier, frufier, whatever that word is. But the coloring, it was just the coloring. I the get colors. You. I don't know if those colors were, you know, those bright kind of uh, yeah. flamboyant, like you said, purples, the the royal kind of uh, the gold. Yeah, everywhere. Donald Sutherland's in like a bright red jacket at one point. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, you're probably right. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know enough. I don't know. I don't watch enough period piece uh, movies. I do have a doctorate in Victorian era fashion. I don't know if I ever told you this. Charlie. Paging Doctor Grizzle. That was a long eight years of my life. <laughs> It's that paying off tonight, baby. It didn't actually happen. It is paying off. Uh, but so Jerry Goldsmith does the music for this. He's won a oh, couple yeah. of Oscars for his film work. I didn't hear it in this. It was very standard. It's like John Williams had his assistant write some stuff. It was like, he's uh, trying to steal something from the train. Go. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> uh, it's uh, very emotional. It you seemed know. like very much like parlor uh, chamber was, kind of music that you would have heard. It kind of canned. It felt, it felt so cliched. I mean, I know maybe that's a compliment that it felt so right for the moment, but it didn't stick out to me. It didn't take away. But uh-huh. it didn't stick out as something. The best thing in it was the Mozart uh, piano concerto for two pianos that the the that the woman and her daughter. Right. Played. There's a scene with dueling pianos, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, let's uh, all that stuff aside. It, what we're saying is that this is a very kind of like uh, immersive world. That they were really trying to put right. you in the moment, in in these rooms with these people, and make it feel natural. Um, and at the same time, you're having this kind of ridiculous plot play out, and uh, they don't really tell you like what they're doing. I kind of like uh, that you kind of are just following them as the plan is happening because so many heist movies is like, all right, let's go over it one more time, guys. They do that. Well, they do that they a little do bit, a little bit. But um, I feel like it's uh, it's more of like they just kind of tell you, all right, we got to get the keys and we got to follow this guy. And then you're kind of following them, following the guy. And so basically what happens, the movie starts with about an hour and 15 minutes of them collecting keys. And and by collecting keys, they're really breaking into places or, you know, coercing people into letting their keys go for a few moments so they can make wax impressions of them. Right. And then to later make copies of the keys. Yes, they make copies. That's of the keys. Donald Sutherland's job. Yes, he's the pickpocket and the and the key man. Um, and I'm not really sure how these two, how Sean Connery, who's uh, this kind of grifter who's pretending to be high society rich, you know, businessman, mm-hmm. how he knows Donald Sutherland. You never really get the sense. I of, feel like they've worked together. They just know before, each other. Yeah. And hey, I got another job for you. Right. And yeah. then I guess the the woman that Sean Connery works with, the, just, she's his love interest. Okay, she's the girl. Yeah, I definitely believe, the girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do have a scene in the beginning where they're kind right. of right. Yeah. They're they're being but uh, she's intimate. the seductress. You know, she has a job. She has her job. You yeah. Know? 
Oh, she's got her job on. She's right. got no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it must have been tough to be a lady in 1855, uh, Victoria, envy. England. Uh, no. Based on this movie alone, yeah, I can tell you. Um, so yeah, we're we're following them getting keys, and uh, we we follow them into scenes with uh, ratting. I didn't know what ratting was. Ratting. So this, let me tell you, ratting. St- yeah, guys, is where you take a dog to like an underground. You think it's going to be a dog fight. It seems but like you you're... dump out a bucket of rats in, uh, you know, a pit, basically. Mm-hmm. And then you... You guys following this? <laughs> you let the dog go and see how many rats he can kill in three minutes. Yes. So you say, uh, 15 rats. And, and they go, okay, 15. <laughs> they, you count out 15 they rats. Bet, and they, they bet on this. They dump them in there. And everybody's yelling and betting. It's like cockfighting. You know? Yeah. But, but it's just a dog killing rats. And it's the weirdest thing. It was quite an abrupt, like a uh, turn of pace for for the movie because you're you're following people on elegant gardens and horseback, and he's trying to be well, suave. Was, and then it's the, like, and let's go to the rat. That was the point. He was yeah. like, uh, everyone's got their vice. Like I gotta find right, a way to get in right. with this guy to get his key. And he tried to find his vice. He doesn't drink. He he's not into women. You know he he but he rats. But he he's a ratter. He's a ratter. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Mad ratter. That's what they did for entertainment before uh, TV. Before TV, <laughs> which so is thank like television. Yeah, for you know, el- hopefully eliminating ratting around the globe. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, quite a thing. But then when we see the ladies doing the dueling pianos later, it's like, well, that's probably why they're not at home. They're they'd rather see a dog eat rats than hear those two ladies play the dueling pianos One of them was not over and good. over. She no. flubbed a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't want to hear that. A lot of flubs. No. Sorry. But so that's entertainment for you. But and yeah, right. the other entertainment <laughs> appears to be just making overt sexual innuendo with everybody you come across. Yeah, this is the really the most surprising thing of anything in this movie was the um the dick jokes. I'm just going to say it. the dick jokes in this movie are plentiful, as plentiful as they are obvious and uh, juvenile. But they were really, yeah, they were written by like 13 year olds. As if, yeah, as if they were. Well, it's it's that repressed society where they, they can't just say something nasty. They have to. No, no. I think this was Michael Crichton going, you know, it would be really funny. Here. You think so? Yeah. You know, it would be really funny is if that banker wanted to make a deposit. In her, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's literally one of the jokes. That's he one of the jokes. He would like to do um, that. And, and a quick withdrawal. Oh, and you're just like, really? That's and, the best um, you can do. Yeah, and and then he's almost literally like nudging the guy, like he elbowing is. the guy, really, like, hey, like, hey, hey, you exactly. get a load of this. Uh, and there's that whole scene where he's got to have the hard, tight joints to yes. build the the proper uh, fountain in the backyard. It's not often you see a tight joint these days. Well, you've got to know how to use your tools. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, you can almost see them like daring each other, like. Go further. It's like that game where you try to yell penis louder and louder in a crowd. Mm-hmm. I think that's <laughs> that, called the penis game. That was, <laughs> you know, pretty that sure. Game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's called, though. But, yeah, that was the equivalent of that. But that that happens throughout the entire Over movie. and over. And one of the, the naughty banker is one of the guys with the keys that he Sean is. Connery has to befriend and somehow you know uh, separate him from the key he wears around his neck all the time. So yeah. he sets... This guy up with the woman who's you with know, his girlfriend, with Connery's girlfriend, yeah, in a brothel, ye old brothel, ye old brothel, where gentlemen are gentlemen and ladies are ladies. <laughs> uh, but this is like the most proper, odd 
brothel in the world that I've I guess they existed in Victorian. But times. what's great is that they totally go into this brothel and just fake it because Donald Sutherland comes out as if he's the arranger. Right. And he's like right this way he's to this one madam. lady. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah, exactly. Thank you. And then there's this one of my favorite moments, the whole movie. He's leading the banker up to the stairs. Oh, she's just on the right. She'll be right with you. And then you see Donald Sutherland just run full blast out of the room because it's like he knows he's about to be seen by like one of the real madams probably. Yes. And they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was great. Donald Sutherland's so great in this movie. He's got so much kind of a physical. He's running around. Understated uh, but very effective. Just really enjoyable to watch. And mm-hmm. Connery, again, I don't, you know, it's he's the only guy who could get people to do what he gets them to do in this movie you, you know, know he, he convinces his girlfriend to like basically he's so be a charming, prostitute in this so scene. charismatic and they're like all right damn it <laughs> I'll, I'll do whatever you say you know i will yeah uh so they finally get the keys uh before they get them all we do have the turning point are we, we ready do. for the turning point we can we can jump into the turning point so i wanted to get into this so they have to some for some reason get a uh, guy named clean or king willie the audio was so bad on this transfer of the laser disc yeah this was not a great this, Lots was, a of four, hissing. this was a four by three it looks like they just took it off the 35 not millimeter good. print not, not great good. for the laser disc so for the longest time i wasn't sure if it was king willie or clean willie either anyway, either so one a great dick joke they, <laughs> <laughs> right even the characters sure names are dick was jokes not, uh unintended so clean <laughs> willie has to break out of prison which he does yeah he, because he scales, Connery tells him to. He scales this wall parkour style, jumps onto like a primitive razor wire type of situation, cuts his hands all up, gets over this like American Ninja Warrior to death style thing. Oh, yeah. Finds Connery in this public square where they're hanging someone, and he collapses in the arms of Connery and one, one other of his crew. And that's the turning point. And we don't know who this point. Clean Willie guy is, why they need him, what they're doing with him. And if he's gonna get away, and that's the turning point. It was an it was a kind of an impressive escape scene. Yeah, the, this this barbed wire, like you said, it's a big pole, and then these kind of rotating claw uh, mechanisms. And they're all sharp on all edges. Really cool. Um, but yeah, that's it was kind of a downer or kind of a letdown on the turning point. Not not like a big cliffhanger. You know, he we know he gets out. Yeah, he's out, and then you he's know. there, and he's tired, and then the next scene is he's just like tired. It's yeah. not like he, he's like, he man, I am, I am still tired. Like, oh, oh, man, I got to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and I was kind of hoping the turning point would be like all four keys because they kind of do this repeating thing where you see them put the one key. They've gotten the one I, key. I was thinking the they've same thing. They've got the second key goes the down. Key I was like, here up. we go. We're going to get the final key. They're going to the close the box. Nope. 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 Not how I would have done it. No, because the fourth key was the most involved. The, yes. Well, the third and the fourth key, because they were two together. Yeah, it's a twofer. I'm just going to spoiler alert this. Uh, they have to plan to steal these two keys from yes. spoil uh, away, the, the guard's tower, I guess it is, in the train there station. Was some, yeah, very strange, like an accountant's office in the train station that they guard all night. I, yeah. So yeah. they have to break in. At this at point, night. I'm kind of like, whatever, guys. You just keep moving the action forward. I Clean don't care. Clean Willie breaks <laughs> in and lets Donald Sutherland in while the guard takes his pee break. Yeah. 75 seconds. 75 seconds, always at the same time. Very After punctual he has guard. His lunch beer. You got to love that. At 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love that. And then, <laughs> and then he comes in, makes his key mold, barely, of course, barely gets out in time. Yeah, Barely. quick. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, then very soon after, they end up catching Clean Willie uh, because he was trying to pilfer someone's purse. Yeah. Clean Willie just you know? couldn't keep his hands out of a lady's uh, pockets Mm-mm. or whatever it He's was, not right? Not so clean, yeah. Willie. 
And then, uh, no, he was not clean in that dirty moment. Dirty Willie. And then he turned on him. Very and, uh, dirty Willie. He gave up the, the fake name that, that Connery was using, Mr. Sims or whatever it is. Connery's right. real name is Pierce in this movie. Uh, Donald Sutherland plays a gay... What was his character's name? Is like Oh, I don't remember. Alger or something. It was kind of yeah. a weird name. Anyways. I couldn't really hear very well. <laughs> I couldn't hear. All right, Unfortunately. we Unfortunately. Agar or something, yeah, yeah, for Donald Sutherland. And Pierce was Sean Connery, yeah, mm-hmm. but... But uh, yeah, they they all had beards and hats. It was tough to tell people apart. It was it it really was, and maybe that's why they were doing the things with the colors, the purples and right. the things because yeah. l- otherwise, literally, it's five guys all in the same outfit with the same stovetop hat and yeah, it, same beard. Kind of hard to tell them apart. But uh, yeah, Clean Willie, he uh, he he gets it in the end. They uh, they find out he turns on them and. They kill him. He, yeah, well, he lets him have it. These are bad people. They, that's kind of the moment where you're like, oh, these are bad guys. Yeah, these, so these aren't just like fun. Is charming. Yeah, and he just oozes sex, and he just wants you know. But you know who else was uh you know very charming? Uh, Charles Manson. Charles Manson. I'm just gonna say. I knew you were gonna say. Very charming. I was like, it's man. either gonna be Hitler or Manson. I don't know <laughs> which one he's gonna say. <laughs> I took the safe route and went with a serial killer. <laughs> Known to be charming. <laughs> He's very Gets charming. Gets people to do things, just like Sean Connery did in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But he, you know, he just wanted uh, for the money, as he said, when he was eventually caught right? at the end and arrested, brought into court. They said, why did you do it? And he looks around and he goes, well, well for the money. I, wanted, I want the money. I, I, very amoral. Uh, this movie is totally, there's no like, I want to, there's no Robin Hood kind of scenario. He wanted the money. They just want to do it. And I think they just, I think he more just wanted to do it. Like it's the great, every great heist is like, uh, every great heist movie is the guy going like, no one can do this, but I can prove it I think that I learned, can do it. I you think know? we all learned that in Despicable Me. That's why he wanted to steal the moon because I'm, he could do it. I'm going to take your word for that. <laughs> can we get that on Laserdisc? No, you cannot. <laughs> can you make that on Laserdisc? Uh, I can. We could probably like make a mock-up of a, of the artwork. Yeah, absolutely. Can you, can for, you just, just for you, big guy. Can you cut that laser for me? <laughs> no, sir. No, Man. sir. No, I'm sorry. Laserdiscs are not coming back, Nick. There's no good. There's no vinyl resurgence for Laserdiscs. Dude, they are done. People are making they cassettes now. Are done. People are making VHS tapes now. People they are, are not going to make Laserdiscs. I'm Come sorry. on, dude! It's not going to happen. Why? I just don't think the machine. I don't think still it exists. CDs. It's just a big CD. Hey, you get me a big laser disc burner, and I'll burn some discs. A for laser lathe. You know, an LDR. Oh, do they make those? I bet those did exist at some point. Can we just start pirating laser discs? <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a tangent here. Hey, we're going off on an obvious detour here. Yeah, this is laser discourse bootleg copies of your favorite post laser disc movies. On Laserdisc, what do you think? I w- I would say yes, but you got to f- somebody's got to make. No one's making these discs. I mean, these are twelve inch discs here. Okay. These aren't just like CDs. I can go out Keep and buy. Keep an eye out because I know you just met up with the you know Mr. Laserdisc out in Sunnyvale. I did. So you seem to have all these connections. You draw the people out of the woodwork. I'm sure you would be able to find someone with blank Laserdiscs. Okay, if it's you, on. I mean, come listeners. On. Come on. One of you out there has got to have some uh, I'm dead serious. Memorex we, we will, brand laser disc. We need disc. to talk. Slide into our DMs <laughs> if you got that. I'm sorry. Just, just watch the great trade. Yeah, I was going to say, is this more of that Victorian English uh, <laughs> slang that we're getting? Really, though, laser disc recorder and blank LDs. I, I would love to watch John Wick on laser disc. If the, uh, if the technology exists, it, it will happen, but yes. I just don't think it's out there. I just don't think it's 
manufactured. Come on. I'm sorry. Dude. I, I, look, it hurts me to say this. It, you know, I wish we could have that, that thing where we become... I have hope. You know, the, the, the new video distribution company that makes things into Laserdisc. That would be the way to go. Really, all we got to do is get Lil John to endorse it. <laughs> Lil John. Hey, Lil John, what do you think about laser really? discs? Yes! <laughs> well, why don't we get why don't we just get uh what's How's the quality name? on those DJ, laser discs, DJ Lil John? Med, uh, okay. You know, we could just get the yeah. DJ what? Uh <laughs> the guy that was on Saturday Night Live, I don't know. Oh, DJ Khaled. Khaled, DJ Khaled. And he will go, DJ Khaled, should we uh make some laser discs? Another one. Another one. <laughs> That's where I was going. And then he brings out, you know, 85 people to celebrate Just, all the laser discs. And they discs. all give me a laser disc. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's my heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you drop some hot fire about laser discs right now? No. <laughs> Very good. I appreciate your honesty. No, I cannot. <laughs> I don't think anybody can. No, not in this state. Uh, let's let's get back to the train, okay, Rob, because sorry. it's just getting good. We're getting we're getting on this train. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden they're suspicious because of Clean Willie, so they actually change up the whole scenario of the train. So there's extra locks. There's that great moment where it's like everything's changed. We got to go back to square one, which every great great heist movie also has. It's it's very formulaic, but yeah. not unappreciated. No, but very appreciated. I'm appreciating it. Yeah. Currently. Okay. <laughs> I'm appreciating it so hard right now. <laughs> it is appreciated. So they... Uh, Big time. In one of the great Connery lines of cinema history, he says, what are you going to do? Donald Sutherland says, what are you going to do about it? And Connery turns to him, debonair as all out, and just says, find me a dead cat. <laughs> And then and cut, and then cut. it's like, and then that me and Nick look at each other like, I don't that know what. Been a turning point. I don't. Yeah, that should that would have been a great turning point. A little too long though. <laughs> uh, the, we the, had no idea. Yeah. So uh, this is this is the part where they kind of don't tell you what they're doing. As right. They, like this is where you're kind of just following them in out. the moment. It's fun. Uh, I really enjoyed how how that how it played out on the train. Uh, basically, the dead cat is to uh, fake a dead man smell because Donald Sutherland is going to get on this train in a coffin. Uh, one way or another, he's getting on this train. Um, they put him in. They they give him like this Frankenstein makeup, green makeup, you know. And uh, they have him in the coffin. They have to check every the little. The coffin has a little bell on the top. Very accurate historically. Historically, thank very you, Michael Crichton. Because they weren't sure. Some people were very unsure if the body was actually deceased. Yeah. So they put the bell as a just in case. You know, they're still alive. They wake up. They ring the bell. Yeah, there you go. You know, you're safe. Because this is again 1855. Mm-hmm. They didn't know anything about anything medical. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, they didn't know what germs were at this point. Right. So, right, somebody could basically go to sleep. Right. And we kind of experienced this a little bit in the Monty Python movie, right, where the, everyone's not quite dead yet. Not dead yet. <laughs> I'm getting better. And uh, yeah, so they actually would. Um, would bury someone, and even if they were underground, they would have the string lead up to the to the tombstone, right. the grave up yeah. top, and and so it would ring the uh, the. You uh, can ring my bell. You can ring my bell. You know, uh, ring my legend bell. has it that's the origin of that song. Is you can ring my bell. It's about like if I'm a dead. lover coming back to oh. life. 
you know, no, I totally made that <laughs> I was like, that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep. That's really yeah. deep. Blondie knew what they were talking about. No, a, who's a, who, who did that song? Oh, God. I don't know. It's like disco. a disco hit, right? Yeah, it's disco. Yeah. It's disco, baby. Yeah. But no, it was not deeper than you know what Ring My Bell means. Uh-huh. Ding. We get it. <laughs> and dong. And dong. And uh, yeah, the bell does ring a little bit in this one, but... Uh, Tis but the wind, lady. Yes. They, uh, they get the coffin on. Sean Connery... Gets on the train, and really the best part of the movie then is the actual robbery. I mean, this is what we're waiting for. It's this is the name of the, the it's in so the title. Much, there is so much foreplay in yes. this robbery. And I I mean, I was like ready to explode. I was just <laughs> on edge. the anticipation. Finally, they're on the freaking train. Yeah, I was oh getting blue shawls. <laughs> From uh, <laughs> waiting for this robbery to happen. Yeah, it was, and but what it delivered, and you know, Big time. Yeah, I was satisfied. It was, it was genuinely impressive that he basically has to crawl over the tops of the trains. Uh, it, it was really Sean Connery doing it on top of the trains. Mm-hmm. He, they were he had to duck under these low bridges, right. and it was like very. It looked, I mean, it looked intense. There's some long it was shots. Very close. And it is you. You see, it's Sean Connery doing these stunts, and it appears to actually be on a moving train in many parts. Yes. And even if it isn't, you know, it it still looks like it would be a long way to the ground, and it wouldn't look like a comfortable fall. Yeah. So he's doing these actual stunts, and I read uh, that at one point he did slip uh, because the train was going about twice as fast as they wow. said it would. It was going like 40 miles an hour, and they expected it to go about 20 so he was jumping from car to car on a moving train and did slip and nearly fell off the train. And I believe we saw that shot. Yes. And you said, you said, I wonder if. Uh, well, yeah, we were like, I wonder if that is scripted or if that was supposed to happen because he's he's carrying some extra clothes and, and he's and then he slips and one of the shirts gets away and he's struggling and. uh yeah, it was like, well, I assume everything you see on you screen like, no, is, it's, is it's just totally, directed. I mean, you know. They're meant they're, to do that, right? Yeah. Okay, drop the shirt, cue, shirt, and right. go. Go back for the shirt. And, and I was and, like, you know, what if Crichton was just like, no, 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 go with it. Go with <laughs> it. Oh, he's, he might die. No, let's see where this goes. Yeah. Well, it's not like they could just stop the train also, right? Like, Work that train's it. a moving. Use it. Yeah, they're, you know, great shot. Uh, it was it was, and and you know the music drops away for that whole sequence. It's, it's just, just the, train it's that train chugging along, and loud hissing noise from and the laser it, disc. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. And it, uh, I thought that was from the, the train. I thought the train was hissing, yeah, and staticking. Um, but <laughs> but imagine like Sean Connery. It's right? not annoying at all to you the you, whole time. You're okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> the whole you're t- an audio engineer, so you're picking up on that kind of stuff that. That uh, I have, I really was. I, I was sorry, able. I, I was years. able to let that go. I was able to drop that out of my range. Just enjoy the action, you know. <laughs> um, and then again, kind of a brilliant uh, uh, plan because I'm I'm not sure how they're gonna do this in the moment. He's crawling over. It's like, well, what's Even, gonna happen when he gets there? Because we're talking he's about get into the. And then how do they get the gold out? How do they get the gold out? How we're do ta- they get out? We're talking. How much gold are we talking about here? It's uh, so they, they said it was twenty five thousand pounds, right? And I looked up the the case this is actually based on. They were trying to steal twelve thousand pounds, which at at the time are we talking was, LBs? Or are we talking pounds uh, as in pounds British with money? The, the funny L with the squiggly lines everywhere. British pounds. British pounds. Uh huh. So we're ten quid. <laughs> Whatever 20, that means. Twelve thousand quid was historically accurate. Twelve thousand, which was the real case, was about one point one million. 
So twenty five thousand. We're talking, you know, almost two and a half million dollars yeah. in today money. And this is in gold bricks. The gold same, bricks. We're not talking about cash money. No, no, the no. same paper. This is this gold. Is the heavy stuff. This is you know you're gonna get twenty you know two hundred whatever that is two point five million. It was like, uh, but it was a lot of weight. So we're heavy. not just we're not just gonna hide Lots this under our coats. So yeah, he's crawling over there. We find out we find out that he's got this pulley system he's developed for himself. Repels down the side of the train and somehow got a key to the new lock outside of the train. Yeah, he must have. Where do you get that from? I don't know. I missed that part. He pilfered it from somebody, I'm sure. Maybe. Uh, did he get it from the guard inside? Because they had a man on the inside. They had the guard on the inside. They paid him a hundred quid, which were like, oh, that's he, not much. But maybe there was a scene so where he slipped it to him, and I didn't notice. You know, Ten thousand, twenty thousand bucks. You know what I mean? Good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I do. It'll it. do. It'll do. <laughs> Just so we know, that's what Nick is worth. <laughs> you want me to? He'll you want do me to give you the gold? Anything you want. <laughs> Twenty thousand. Uh, yeah. I'll look the other way. And of course, while all this exciting action is happening, the the girlfriend is stuck with the banker uh, Dolt in the, the other car. Guy. The so, same. So okay. So okay, the girlfriend yeah, right? is now playing the, <laughs> the 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 sister of supposedly the deceased man in the coffin that is with the gold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now she is grieving and this sleazeball banker finds Connery's character and her together, you know, shouts out, hey buddy, because Connery is basically his wingman that sets up this banker with her yeah. as the prostitute in right. the beginning. He's already met this woman as the prostitute. And she they yeah. don't recognize, you know, she, he doesn't recognize her in the beginning. Uh, Connery basically, you know, says, oh, well, why don't you stay with her? So she goes with him, much to her chagrin. Oh, gives the best she, side eye. She gives Fantastic. the great side eye. Yeah, she's got, she's just that great, like, ugh. So they go together into his, the, the sleazy banker's cabin. And these are all like carriages. This, this mm -hmm. train is individual carriages. Is, is each car. It's very, very high. Very she -she. High Very historically accurate. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> right down to the clothing. So they're in there, and he is just macking on her with all of his game, and it, she is not buying uh, it. And I think even if she wasn't in on the, the heist, to be honest, she wouldn't be buying it. No. He's not very suave. I really hated this guy. He's a, yeah. he's a real piece of work. He's, he's, anyway, he's a rogue. So, so, they kept and, calling people rogues in this movie. Oh, I love that. What a rogue. So he's, he <laughs> basically tries to force himself on her, mm -hmm. and she you know, physically is repulsed and pushes him away, and they act as if it's like no big deal. Well, and then the one line that I had to bring up, because this is the one where I was like, You've gone too far now with the dick jokes or, or with the sexual innuendos because he tells her, this this banker on the moving train, that uh, haven't you ever heard of the 50 mile an hour club? Brr, brr. Um, a. 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 They're oh, in England. We're going A to Z on how bad this England is. England does not use <laughs> mile per hour. I can't imagine. Even in 1855, they were using miles per hour, which is, is a strictly American This is, It reminded me of when Sean Connery did uh, the, the Bond Diamonds Are Forever mm. in Las Vegas, where it was like extra cheesy and extra schmaltzy, you know? And oh, yeah. It was still entertaining, but it was less of a movie. I feel like that line and others like it in this really kind of took it down a notch for me in terms of enjoyability because it was just they went so far out of their way to be historically accurate with the clothing and right. the transportation. They have an omnibus with people riding on top of a horse-drawn carriage. 
with no safety bars. <laughs> I mean, that's like how far they went. Well, and, the little the, detail, the, time, the little they, detail they with corny, the hat, the hats, you know. everything, right? They have corny yeah. dialogue like this, and like nobody would ever say that one. That one in particular was the one where I I felt was uh, a little egregious. I thought yeah. the other ones I could see men, you know. Uh, Rebalding each other with with that kind of a talk. yeah, but, but this one was no, like fifty mile an hour club that didn't jokes. exist. No, and that, the, that club no, no. There's no, and they're in a. I mean, come on, no, <laughs> just no, no. I said no, no. Uh, Historically yeah. inaccurate, guys. No means no. By the way, yeah, no dick jokes means no dick jokes. Yeah, None. thank you. Zero fart jokes. Another matter. Absolutely, love a good fart Toot joke. it up. <laughs> Air biscuits all the way. All the way. Absolutely. Yeah. You know that's all good. Um but yeah, they uh that's it. That's the train robbery. We they and rob so the train. They they, they, they the throw train. the gold off the side of the train. Clean Somebody's Willie, there to Clean collect. Willie gets it. He broke out of prison again. Wait, that was Clean Willie? That I was thought clean they Will- killed Clean no. Willie. Did they kill Clean Willie? Who was that then? Yeah, some other like guy, some Willie. other guy they gave like a dollar to and like, "Hey, do whatever I told you to do cuz I'm it Sean Connery." like Clean Willie. They all looked like Clean Willie. It was all a bunch of white dudes in black jackets with ass saying "Governor, <laughs> oi, oi!" You know, the whole movie was. Oi, oi. It was really. I don't know. <laughs> so Stupid. Oi, oi. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oi, not me. I swear, Governor, not me. Oi. No, they're not all. <laughs> they're not all chimney sweeps. <laughs> they're not all gonna jump into chalk paintings Jim on Jimmery, the sidewalk. Mate. I don't. Yeah. This is a very different. Let's film. get a pub down at the at the pub. <laughs> Pint. I, don't, I don't know. It's hot in this room. I'm starting. I'm starting to sweat. Seriously, we're in the middle of a heat wave, and there's uh, no AC, here. and it's we don't here. have fans on because we care about your audio quality. Experience. Absolutely. Anyways, we uh, suffer for you. We are suffering much like uh, we suffered while watching this movie. I'm no, sweating shawls I over here. Really, I really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sweating the shells off. Uh, I actually really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was just kind of. Um, I kind of would have. I would have. I, w- I would like to see this movie in like a 4K restoration. Like this is one of those movies because the scenery and the costumes and everything. I would really like to see it done up really well, rather than kind of on this. Yeah, it wasn't a great transfer. So it was, no, it, it took away from it there. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, I'll just watch anything Sean Connery's in. He a. is fantastic in this. And uh, and Donald Sutherland as well. And yeah. uh, so just watching them together was a treat. The way they interacted and kind of uh, just egged each other on. And the whole time, basically, Donald Sutherland's kind of getting put through the ringer because he's got to be in this coffin with a dead cat. And then Connery needs his clothes. And he's and so then he's, he's, in his, he's in really his putting him through it, man. His onesie, his red Jamma onesie full, with the dead cat yeah. and his green makeup. It's it was it it's was pretty good. It was pretty good. Pretty yeah. pretty good. And then they catch him at the end. They they see him walking away because and, he his coat. He's wearing Donald Sutherland's coat yeah. and it's too small. And yeah. he rips it in the back like Chris Farley. <laughs> he does. He's a fat guy in a little coat. He really is. And uh, yeah, and they they notice him, catch him. Uh, there's a brief trial where, like you said, he he just his only testimony is I want the money, and then he escapes so and easily. And then he just straight up just escapes outside the courthouse. They're leading him out the courthouse. Sutherland meets him in the, the carriage. The girlfriend slips him a lock pick. He gets out of the handcuffs, kicks a guard in the stomach. He's in the carriage. Sutherland's driving him off. They're very slowly getting away, and that's the end. And they they wave to the audience. Credits. The end. Uh. There you go. That's all you need to know. Right. 
You know what I mean? It is the great train robbery. It was the great train robbery. I enjoyed it. I mean, I would say it was uh, enjoyable. I, I again, like, I'd love to see it again. Maybe on a like, if this was something that came to a big screen or something, I'd be like, we got to check this out just for that train scene alone. Just just to see him on the train. That was a great stunt. Uh, that's kind of all you get. You know, sometimes that's just a good. In 1978, a, this was huge, and yeah. there was some like uh, helicopter shots. You know, flying along with the train, yeah, which were very impressive for the time. I think I, I agree. It yeah. did well at the box office. Uh, it made about double uh, its budget, so yeah. that's all you it, can ask it's, for. It's considered one of you know Michael Crichton. I mean, most people think of him just as the Jurassic Park author, or right, you know, the science fiction right. author. He directed, he wrote and directed Westworld. Uh, that was his big breakout. Which is now, you know, still this big thing. It's an HBO show now. It's one of this my favorite the original, shows. Yeah. This is the original 70s Westworld with Yul Brenner. Uh, he did this movie. He did uh, various movies throughout uh, the late 70s and 80s. Some good ones, some terrible ones. But mm-hmm. um, kind he of was interesting. Prolific, at, to say the least. Yeah, kind of interesting. And then, yeah, and then he writes Jurassic Park. And then he's, uh, and then like his whole 90s is like just this this resurgence of his career. And, uh, sadly, he passed away young. I think he, he had uh, cancer or mm. got sick, but we lost him. And, um, you know, it, it's... Uh, oh, yeah. Who's that guy in this? Who's that guy? Who should we say is that guy? Yeah, because we always want to point out a character actor or uh, a small role. I mean, maybe... I love the banker. He was probably my favorite. The sleazeball banker. Yeah. He was so accurate to everybody i want to punch in the face when i hear them talking exactly. about women like i was he you know, fowler I, was that the name of the banker uh it might have been yeah 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 i think it was fowler uh it was yeah malcolm terrace is fowler he is a british actor uh he is known for uh this movie and uh <laughs> chaplin he was oh, he in, was in Chaplin. He was in Chaplin, which I actually just got on Laserdisc as well. He picks the winners then. Um, he doesn't have to do a lot of work because he just does good work. Exactly. Yeah, it looks like a lot of stuff in England, obviously. Um, a lot of British television. I'm trying to find some, some maybe some and movies. What's his name? His name is Malcolm Terrace. Malcolm Terrace, you're that guy. You're that guy, Malcolm. Uh, you know, he was doing stuff as early as 65. He is in, I mean, 117 things as an actor. So, yeah, he's definitely that guy. He's that character actor. If you if you watch British television, you know exactly who this guy is. Probably play, you know, he plays a cop a lot. He plays uh yeah, policeman, captain, you know, to tar- you know, detective sergeant. Okay. Uh, you know, he's always that guy. And then, uh, yeah, he's in The Great Train Robbery as uh, a total scumbag. <laughs> a very lovable scumbag. Thank you, Malcolm, for scumming it up for Lovably us. Lovably punchable. Yeah, he was perfectly punchable. And, uh, you know, I also really liked uh, the guy who played the cop that they give the money to and, and the cop who's in the train car and helping oh, them. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a guy named Michael Elphick. Um, fantastic. He was great because he just had that total uh, couldn't care less attitude as the yeah, policeman. Yeah, right, do this, yeah. That you sounds know? good. Uh, he was in The Elephant Man. Uh, he was in With Nail and Eye. He was in uh, Gorky Park. This guy, uh, this guy who played the cop. So a couple of cool that guys, I got to say. Nice um, work. You know, and again, because these are English guys, I'm probably not as familiar with them, but... Again, he was another one. Uh, 106 credits. These are just working dudes. So who, the great, uh, the great train robbery is indeed great. 
It was great. Um, it was a train robbery. And it was the... It was the... There was only the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a great train robbery. It is uh, a historical the, fiction, I would say. Definitely. Yeah. But based historically accurate, story, obviously. Based on a true story. But, you know, had thrilling moments, had some cool, you know, again, if you like heist movies, this is it. It's fun. It's flirty. It's fabulous. Great train robbery. Go watch it. Go watch it. Yeah. Flirty and fabulous, just like us here at Laser Discourse. I think that'll do it. Uh, Again, I'm Charlie. That's Nick. Thanks for listening. Go watch the movie. We'll see you next time. Enjoy your obsolete technology. Exactly. Enjoy Dead Tech with us next time on Laser Discourse. (laughs) Thank you.